Hey everyone, it's Candace Eisner back with you again this week and this is the final episode in our social media series and we're going to talk all about Pinterest. Yes, Pinterest. Welcome to Life Beyond the Massage Table, a podcast for massage therapists or really anyone who works in health and wellness. I'm here to help you take a look at your business and practice in new ways, to think outside the box, and to shift gears from the same old stuff that isn't helping you build the life and the business that you really want. Let's get started. Hey, well, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are all having a really great week this week. Um, Yeah, let's just dive right into this topic because this is going to be a long one. So, uh, you know, grab a cup of your favorite beverage and uh, pen and paper. If you're that type, you like to take some notes and uh, yeah, let's dive right in. I know there is a lot to talk about or a lot to think about when it comes to Pinterest because probably a lot of you are going, wait, like Pinterest? why are we going to talk about Pinterest? Like I use that for like collecting recipes. And by the way, I need to go there right now and decide what I'm going to make for New Year's dinner or that kind of stuff. So uh, yeah, it may not seem like a business uh, tool, but uh, I can assure you it is. Before we dive into the topic proper though, I do have you know a few things to remind you about. One thing is that uh, I have started putting show notes up for all the episodes. And this social media media series, there are a lot of links for you guys, a lot of uh, additional resources for you, free software that you can download, all that kind of stuff. Um, So if you head on over to happylittlebiz.com and visit the reading link, you can find show notes for all the most recent podcast episodes, um, including the Candace Tries series and this series on social media, as well as a few other episodes. So they're always found there. As well, uh, in conjunction with this social media series, I created a fun little quiz for you guys. If you, if this is the first episode that you're listening to on uh, this series, then, you know, hey, welcome. And also, maybe you didn't know about this. If you go to happylittlebiz.com slash social or just look for the quiz link up in, up in the header, up in our menu on the website, um, you can take the quiz and find out which social media platform might be right for you based on your business type and your personality and all that good stuff. So it's meant to be a little lighthearted, you know, like those BuzzFeed or Facebook style quizzes. Not meant to be super serious, but you know, it can give you a little guidance. And also on that page, I have a downloadable for you. If you just enter your email address, you can get uh, a lot more information about working in on social media as a health, wellness, or fitness business person. So let's get on to the topic at hand. So this is the final episode in our social media series. As I have been saying, it is about Pinterest. And you might be thinking when I said that it was going to be on Pinterest, you might have gone like, Candace, is Pinterest even social media? Like, I don't think it is. Is it? And is this something that like other massage therapists or other health and wellness business owners like myself use? Like other than, you know, for pinning recipes for the holidays or the latest ideas for a new haircut or you know, uh, de- decoration ideas for that uh, room that you've been renovating, you know, is, is Pinterest really useful for a, as a sort of like a business tool? Well, obviously, if I'm doing an episode on this, yes, it is. And we're going to talk about all that, why it is useful, how it is useful. 
Um, so let's just talk about that, you know, elephant in the room, if you want to call it that, right off the bat. Is Pinterest social media? Well, sort of. It's sort of social media. If you're on my newsletter list a few months back, I wrote about it a little bit. So you might be familiar with this. Um, but you could think of Pinterest as a blend between a search engine and a social media platform. The thing about Pinterest is this. Not only will the things that you pin show up on Pinterest when someone searches for that topic, um, but they'll also show up in a Google search. And so it is great for your SEO. For example, if you create a pin about, say, an easy workout routine for busy moms, they'll find that if they search for, say, like, mom's workout or easy workout for moms or something along those lines, if they search for that on Pinterest, and they'll also find it if they search for it on Google. So that's a great thing, right? It, it introduces your content to people who are using Pinterest and to people who are just searching Google for something. And while Pinterest isn't a social media platform per se, they don't even call themselves a social media platform, right? It's not like Instagram or Facebook or even YouTube where there's like comments and likes and, you know, the thumbs up and there's uh, the community tab on YouTube and all those things that make it more of a social media platform. There's still an interactive element on Pinterest. It's just a little different. Like people will repin your content if they like it. People will share your content with other people. Sometimes they will comment on your pins. It's just, it's much of a lesser feature than on the other three that we talked about, um, Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. So it's not social media in the same way as those things are, right? So you can't quite treat it the same. It's a little bit different, but it is an important tool to consider. You don't have to use Pinterest for your business, but it is an important tool to consider if you want to get more eyes on your website. So here's the thing, because your pins will have other people going back to your website, because that's the whole point, right? They may end up actually going to your website, seeing your other social media, like say you have an Instagram account, then they'll follow you there where they can get more interactive with you. So not only have they discovered your content, discover what it is that you do, now they're following you on like a more true social media platform where you can have more interaction with them. And of course, the most important thing is the thing that I just said a second ago, which is that Pinterest can seriously increase like bookings on your website, uh, you know, people buying your product, people contacting you to find out more about your services, all that stuff, because the whole point of Pinterest is to see a pin and click through to read the content that it links to. So read that blog post, read that page from your website, view that video that you've created. So the more people that do that, the more people end up back on your website, the more likely you are to see a boost in your bookings. And that's the whole point. And that's why I really think Pinterest is something that people should at least consider for their business. You have to decide if it's right for you. You can you know, listen to this whole episode and I've got that social media guide for you and all those other things that can help you make these decisions. But this is why you see people like, for example, if you do spend any time on Pinterest, you might have noticed that Etsy creators love Pinterest, as do, you know, other, uh, say, uh, Shopify shops, people who have uh, products that they sell and they have a, a, a shop built with Shopify. That's why it's so popular, because people searching for something on Pinterest will find a pin that, you know, relates to what is they're looking at. Oh, look, there's a shop that sells the thing I was hoping to get. Click, purchase, 
right? That's a big win. And you can have a similar effect even if you don't sell things. You can absolutely do the same, even if you, you know, what you sell, and this is in big quotes here, I want you to understand, even if you, what you sell is a service. So even what you provide people is massage therapy, osteopathy, chiropractic treatments, one-on-one Pilates instruction, whatever, you know, whatever that service is, you can still use it with the same sort of principles as people who are selling products on their website. So this is why I really recommend considering Pinterest as a platform for marketing for your business because it really boosts the reach of your content. It helps more people see you, discover you, see what it is that you do. It is especially helpful for people who have some sort of online service. I will admit that. So if you do online consulting, say you're a nutritionist or a dietitian and you do online consulting like through Zoom or FaceTime or whatever, whatever, you know, platform you use to communicate with clients, it is more useful for that than a sort of brick and mortar physical business location. But even for those of you, don't write it off completely. If you're a massage therapist and you only work at a, like, obviously, I don't think we've figured out how to do virtual massage yet. If we figure that out someday, that'd be pretty awesome because more of us could get massage more easily. Um, But since that's not going to happen anytime soon, since, you know, having to have a brick and mortar location, a physical business location is kind of a thing, you know, or having a mobile business where you travel to the clients, regardless, you need to be in the physical same room as the person. That's what I'm getting at here. You know, uh, just because you have that style of business doesn't mean Pinterest can't work for you. It's just the most effective for the people who work online or sell online in some way. That's all I'm saying. But it can definitely be a big SEO boost and very useful to you if you have a brick and mortar location. Lots of businesses do find success using Pinterest that way. Uh, Wedding photographer is a really good example, right? They have to physically be uh, in front of you to take your photos on your wedding day or take those adorable newborn baby pictures or whatever they specialize in, right? Um, But they make heavy use of Pinterest to advertise their business. I'll not, I'm not saying every single photographer does this, but a lot of them do. So that's the thing is like you can find success even if you have to be in person working with a client. So let's move on and let's talk about stats here. So hopefully I've convinced you that, you know, at least Pinterest is at least something worthwhile to consider, even if it's not like the absolute 100% knock it out of the park best match for your business. So let's talk stats. So there's a lot of different stats out there about these platforms. So I'm just going to talk about what I found to be sort of the most recent. I believe this statistic was published by Hootsuite. Um, So pinners using Pinterest every month increased 28% to 322 million monthly active users over the last year. And that statistic is just from a few months ago. 80% of those people are women. So that's a really good thing to know. Is your target client primarily female? For example, are you working in women's health or women's fitness, something along those lines? Are you a pregnancy-focused massage therapist, for example? Or do you do like baby and me fitness classes? Or do you offer nutrition counseling for women, hormone balancing stuff? That Those are just some examples. Obviously, you know what you do. But you get the idea. If women are your main target or your ideal client or the people that you'd like to be, you know, coming into your your practice, Pinterest is a great place for you to be. 
And now that said, men are starting to use the platform more and more. You know, like five years ago, I, I have a funny story about this. My my husband created a Pinterest account and like he it sort of, it was to track a few things, yes. Um, but he also created a board with just like, he just pinned some bananas. And then like people started following the board because there was pins of bananas. It's kind of an odd thing to do, but it's also, it also was really amusing to him. Because to him, Pinterest is a bit silly, right? But more and more men are coming around to the idea of using Pinterest and like, you know, the point of it. Yet, you still have to admit 80% of the user base or approximately 80% of it being female as of just like a couple of months ago when they last looked at these statistics. That's pretty significant. So don't sort of write it off if you sort of say, see some men and some women, it could still be a really good way for you to promote your business, to market your business. That said, though, if you mostly work with men, it's probably not the platform for you. I would look at one of the other ones. So we're going to talk about that more in a bit. So right now, let's move on to talk about controversies with Pinterest. So as I've been saying in this series, I've been covering controversies with the platform so that you can make informed decisions about whether or not you want to use it for your business or even for your personal life, right? Because everyone has their own feelings about whether or not they're comfortable with a platform based on, you know, what the company does and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like how some people boycott uh, certain big corporations because they're not comfortable with the way they do things in foreign countries or some of the attitudes they've had or some of the statements their CEO has made, all that kind of stuff. So that's why I, I introduce you guys to this stuff when it comes to talking about these social media platforms. And again, um, as I said at the beginning of this series, shout out to Jen from Jen Loves Reviews on YouTube for the idea of including controversies in these episodes, because I think that's an important thing to do. And it's something that she does in her reviews of uh, makeup products from specific makeup companies. So that's where I got these ideas. Um, Jen is, if you're into makeup, by the way, Jen's reviews are amazing. I suggest you do go check her out on YouTube. She covers stuff that nobody else talks about, like deep dive into ingredient lists, for example, for people with allergies or people with like concerns about certain ingredients. So she's really great. Anyway, so um, yeah, to me, Pinterest is kind of an interesting topic because unlike the other three platforms we talked about, I didn't really know too much about controversies when it comes to Pinterest. The other three, definitely, I'd heard lots of things because I mean, let's be real here. Facebook is well known in the media for a bunch of different controversies and Facebook owns Instagram. And of course, Google is known for controversies and Google owns YouTube. But Pinterest, I was like, I guess there's been some controversies, but like, what are they? So I dove into some research for you guys. Um, there's there. It's not that there haven't been controversies. It's just there's been a lot less of them. So from what I've seen and read, it's primarily due to the nature of the platform. Like it's more about sharing content and trying to get it in, you know, to more people's eyes and getting people to click through to your website rather than, you know, uh, likes and shares. And well, it is about shares, but it, in, in a different way from Facebook and a different way from YouTube. That's what I'm saying. It's because if it's, its nature is more of a search engine than it is a uh, social media platform right? So it means there's less toxic stuff going on is basically what I'm trying to say. But it doesn't mean it's completely immune to controversy. So there's two things I'm going to briefly let you guys know about. And then you can, you know, go off and do your own research if you want to know more about these things. So the first is that the platform is very, very popular for both meal planning and fitness pins. And 
You know, some of you might be pinning that kind of content. I pin a little bit of that kind of content. Um, but when it comes to the controversy side of it is where you end up finding a lot of pins that are, are pro-eating disorder or promoting excessive exercise. In other words, not taking proper care of your body, but like becoming eating disorder thin, right? And Pinterest has started to crack down on that kind of content. And just now to test it out, uh, right before I, uh, I went to record this episode, I searched for thinspo, like the word thinspo on Pinterest to see what happened. Like, do pins come up? Does it give me a warning? Like, what happens? Because when I, in my research, I saw that, you know, apparently the, it had, they've been blocking it. Sure enough, I got a message. Instead of seeing like actual pins and some results, I got a message pop up on the screen that asked me if I was struggling with an eating disorder and it linked me to the National Eating Disorders website um, and like a number that I could call instead of actually seeing results, like I just said. That is great. We don't want to be promoting um, unhealthy choices. We don't want to be promoting eating disorders, right? Um, However, that said, and this is why it's still a bit controversial, that content does still exist out there and it does still exist on Pinterest. You just need to know what to search for. Now, of course, in general, fitness fitness posts can be inspirational and helpful and beautiful, but they can also push the boundaries of appropriate of like what is appropriate in other words and go into body shaming and fat shaming and all that kind of stuff. So not only is there like the fitspo stuff where we're leaning more into say like an anorexia type disorder. And I just, in case this was not clear to you guys, I do not work in mental health or I do, I'm not a dietitian or any of that kind of thing. Hope that was clear. So I'm only talking about things from sort of my own experience here in terms of like what terminology to use. If you're hearing me say something and say, Candace, like that's not the right term for that. I apologize. I'm just trying to talk about this as, as in terms of what the controversy is. And if you want to find out more, you can definitely go research it. But overall, um, you know, the issue is that not only um, do we have like the helpful stuff about like eating well and how to fuel your body and, you know, um, exercises that, you know, fit you and all that kind of stuff. But you also have stuff that on either end of the spectrum, whether it's like, um, body shaming and fat shaming, or you have stuff that's like the ultra thin um, eating disorder stuff. And that stuff does still show up on Pinterest. So there is a problem with that. And the other controversy has to do with pro-life advocates. And because it's heavily political and it touches on really sensitive topics, I don't want to get heavily into it. I'll just give you the tip of the story. And then if you want to know more about this, this bothers you for any reason, you can go find out more about it easily with a Google search. This is just giving you the basics, okay? So Pinterest recently banned some pro-life organizations and their content from the platform. They marked it as too sensitive and completely inappropriate and they did not want it on there. And they also stated that it was potentially harmful because it was spreading misinformation. Now, I know there are people out there that would cheer that ban and they're like, yes, that is perfect. That makes me want to use Pinterest even more. I know there's also people out there on the other end of the spectrum that feel a little bit weird about that. They feel that, you know, everyone has their own right to free speech. I will let you guys draw your own conclusions. Like I said, I do not want to try to get into politics here or get into sensitive topics. We're here to talk about Pinterest for your business. We're not here to talk about super sensitive, triggering topics here. 
I just want you to know about that so that you can make a decision whether or not Pinterest is somewhere that you want to be in terms of your business, right? It's the same thing as when we talked about those types of topics with the other two plat or other three, sorry, platforms that we've talked about. If you want to find more about this whole pro-life banning thing, um, search for Pinterest Controversy 2019 on Google. You will find information about it for sure. You can also put like pro-life ban uh, Pinterest. You'll also find information about it. Again, that allow you to read more about it and decide whether or not that is something uh, that bothers you in either direction. <laughs> Do you want to use Pinterest more or less due to this? Or, you know, are you neutral and, you know, are you okay with letting things be as they're going to be and you'll just use Pinterest anyway, you're just going to ignore all that stuff. Because that's totally a decision you can make as well, is just say, hey, I'm not going to let the controversy sway me either way. I'm just going to use the platform because I think it's good for me and my business regardless. So let's move on. So let's talk about the basic setup of a Pinterest account. So of the platforms we've talked about, I would say that Pinterest is probably the most complicated, you know, quote unquote, social media platform. It is primarily a search engine and not a social media platform, just to be clear here. But it is more complicated to set up than the other three that we talked about due to its very visual nature and the fact that it is, you know, it is a search engine. There is a heavy SEO element to it, even more than, you know, the other stuff we've been talking about. YouTube was complicated because you need to learn how to produce videos. Pinterest isn't hard to set up. It's not like you need high level of technical uh, like proficiency in order to set it up. It's just time consuming. There's a bunch of stuff that you need to do. And you're going to have to make heavy use of some sort of graphic design program. Canva really shines here. Pinterest and Canva are like BFFs. If you want to get heavy into Pinterest, I suggest either Canva or go on something like Creative Market and find like uh, Pinterest kits where you can create pins from, you know, templates they've already created for you, something like that. Unless, of course, you do graphic design on the side, like you've got a hobby and you're good at it and, you know, you, you know, at least reasonably good at it and you like doing that kind of stuff. Sure, you know, you can, as long as you follow the regulations around how or like what size pins should be, then you can definitely do that. But otherwise, something like Canva will save you like hours and hours of time. So definitely look into that when it comes to setting up your account. Um, so let's go through the things that you need to think about when setting up your account. There's a lot of them. So number one is you're going to want to have a business account. I know it can be like some people are like, well, you know, do I use a personal account or a business account when it comes to Instagram? You know, well, you know, do I want to monetize my channel? Do I really care when it comes to YouTube? But with Pinterest, you really do want to have a business account. If you want to have any credibility at all, you really do and like be able to use a lot of the features, you need to have a, a business account. Business accounts allow you to see the analytics, connect your Instagram or YouTube account in order to get quote unquote credit when people link that content. It links back to your uh, Pinterest account and links back to you. Um, it allows you to turn rich pins on for your website and allows you to run ads. So all of those things are things that you're definitely going to want, either want to do for sure or think about. Now, if you have a personal account, and you want to keep it as a personal account, you can. You can just create a second you know, Pinterest account for your business. You don't have to you know, use all one account for everything. That's no problem. 
And the second thing you're going to want to make sure you're doing is to fill out all the relevant information in your account. So for example, you're going to want to write a short bio, put in your location, put in your website URL, make your name something relevant to what it is you do since the name on your account is searchable. Remember, Pinterest is first and foremost a search engine. I'm going to say this a bunch of times in this episode. I've already said it several times. Think about SEO when it comes to writing these things. Another thing you're going to want to do is set uh, your photo, like your profile photo, to one of yourself or if you're really not comfortable with like a photo of you, then maybe like your business logo. Don't just make it something random. (laughs) Make sure it's something that, you know, people can understand, oh, this is actually like a person or actually a business that's running this account. That's good to know. And it just looks much more professional. That's all. Um, And like I mentioned earlier, this this is the number four thing, by the way, Um, you're going to want to turn on rich pins for your website. So I'll link in the show notes how to do that. I can't really describe it on the podcast. Um, But rich pins are a feature that automatically populate pins anyone, not just you create from your website with your info and they credit them to you. So that's what you want. You want, if somebody goes to your website and they love your article and they pin it on their own board, you want like people who eventually see that pin to know that that was you, that's your content, that belongs to you. And it also makes it a lot nicer format as well if you have rich pins turned on. Uh, You have a little bit more control over how the pin shows up and what is written in like the description and stuff. So this this is a good thing. This is something that you want to have turned on. Number five is you want to set up at least 10 different boards on topics related to what it is that you do. So later on, we're going to talk about like board setup and uh, ideas of what you can pin on those boards. Um, But for now, be aware that you need at least 10 boards. Now, some experts, including the people over at Tailwind, which we'll talk more about later, Um, recommend that it's more like 15 to 20 boards that you need. They're like the most successful businesses on Pinterest have at least 15 to 20 boards, da, da, da. That's great and all, but I think 10 is a good place to start. And I have personally seen improvement on my own, uh, like click-throughs to my website and stuff, just having 10 boards that I've been maintaining. So if the idea of having 15 different boards just makes you go, oh my God, like you're kidding, right? Like how can I even come up with five Start with 10, get that going, then you can add more boards later. So that's that's my recommendation for you. And you will see some results definitely with only 10. You don't have to have 15 to 20 because it's some sort of like magical number. You, you can find success just using 10 as your starting point. Number six point is you're going to want to set up a beautiful cover pin for each board. I strongly recommend making them look similar to be on brand. So when you go to your Pinterest profile, you see a beautiful um, cover pin that is looks similar for all your boards. And it just it just gives us a a little bit of like professionalism and a little bit of more like a beautiful quality aesthetic to your account. Uh, And Canva, again, is perfect for doing this. And, you know, uh, again, I'm going to link in the show notes on how to do that. You're like, wait, like, uh, but I have to have like this, uh, the same cover pin, but they're different, but it's different content. No, no. A cover pin that looks similar for all of them. 
So it has a similar aesthetic. So it could be, say it's the exact same design, but in the middle, you write the name of the board. That's what I've done on mine. So there's a background image that relates to the content of the board. And then in the and then there's text written that says, you know, marketing for massage therapists or whatever like the the topic of the board is. And that's what you can do with uh, your account as well, right? So similar looking makes it look nice when people go to your profile. But obviously, it's not the exact same cover pin for literally all your ball 10 or more boards, right? So again, I'll, I'll link in the show notes so you know what I'm, you can see visually what I'm talking about here. So number seven point is in general, you're going to want to choose a pin style or two or maybe three and stick to them with some variation, like swapping in the text and the photo. Um, that way, when you're pinning uh, content all across the site, well, first off, it makes your life a lot easier. You don't have to come up with a different design every time. Like, who has time for that? Um, but second off, like, it just makes your, again, it makes your content sort of like be related back to you because it always looks the same or very similar. Um, and again, you can just use templates in Canva and just modify them every time you have a new pin. So say have like two or three different, because you in Canva, there are Pinterest templates. So choose like two or three of them that you really like and just rotate through them with your content. Number eight point is when you post a blog post, make sure to put a proper Pinterest sized image from your from the Canva template I literally just talked about at the bottom or at the top in the middle, like wherever you want to put it. Some people like to put it in the middle. Some people find that that's, you know, that their people find it annoying when there's just a random big image in the middle. You can put it at the top, you can put it at the bottom, but make sure it's somewhere. That way you can pin it directly from your blog post and other people can also pin it from the blog post. And there's a proper Pinterest size image right there ready to go. And number nine uh, point is that you can also pin content from your YouTube channel, your Instagram account. Unfortunately, you're not going to have perfect Pinterest size stuff from that. But you can still pin content from those accounts. It's just something for you to, to keep in mind. And number 10 point is when pinning, consider what people might be searching for so that your pin and the linked blog post or video, uh, you know, relates to what it is they're looking for. So take the time to write a good description is what I'm saying and use that idea of what it is they're searching for when you write the description. So for example, if somebody is searching for, you know, workouts for busy moms, say you're in a fitness instructor or say like that's something that you want to uh, have content on on one of your boards, even if that's not like your primary business. Um, you want to use those words, workouts for busy moms, in your description and in your article somewhere so that people find your article when they search for that thing. And as well on this topic, hashtags are used on Pinterest it's just not quite the same way as on Instagram. So definitely do use hashtags. There's nothing wrong with using hashtags. Definitely do use them. It's just use like say a handful of very relevant appropriate hashtags. Don't, uh, some people on Instagram, they just like, they think of every hashtag known to man that could possibly relate to their, uh, their topic. I don't recommend doing that. Find, you know, say like four, five, six hashtags and, and use just those. So overall, you've probably gotten the gist of it here. Setting up your Pinterest account does take time. You want to make it visually appealing. You want to make sure the content looks nice, you know, sort of beside each other. 
you want to have kind of a little bit of an aesthetic that kind of can be linked back to you. And, you know, it doesn't have to be anything super fancy. Canva templates are free and easy to use. Um, it's very important because of the visual nature of Pinterest and because it is a search engine. And people ultimately, when they're like scrolling through the Pinterest results, are going to click on the things that are the most visually appealing to them, right? So that's what you have to keep in mind. So let's talk about who Pinterest is best for. So the number one best fit is it's awesome for those of you who sell things online or have online or virtual sessions with clients. So we already talked about this a little bit earlier, right? So if you do, again, like Skype calls, FaceTime calls, Zoom, whatever with clients, um, or you sell things online, it's, it is great for you. You can really get a huge boost to your business that way. However, it can also work for those of you who need to be in like, as I said earlier, like physical proximity with your clients. You have a brick and mortar business, you have a physical location, or you travel to your clients, say that you're a mobile massage therapist, mobile shiatsu therapist, or whatever you might be doing, right? It can still work for you, so don't write it off as being like a, a waste of time. It can really work. It's just, it's best for people who have that online business. You're sort of like the second tier. And of course, what I said earlier about women being the majority users on Pinterest is really, really important to keep in mind. It's if women are a key target audience for you in some way, shape, or form, whether it's pregnant women or women postmenopause or whatever, definitely that is somewhere that you're definitely want to think about being is Pinterest. Now, what about in terms of your personality and how you tend to like to work? Can Pinterest work for you? Well, if you're the super organized type or you're like the collector type, like you like, you know, you have a collection of things that you like, you know, that you have, like you collect fountain pens or you collect, I don't know, stickers or like just, you're just that type of personality. Pinterest can be great for you. It's kind of like an online collection or it's, it's like a way to like organize information online because again, it is primarily a search engine. So you know, because it takes time and planning to create an appealing account, right? So if you're that personality type, Pinterest can be perfect for you. But here's the really important thing about Pinterest. And I think you guys probably understand this, but I just want to drive the point home in terms of like, who is Pinterest best for? You need content to link back to. You can't just like have your online booking and literally the only pin you ever create is to your online booking. You know, or the only pin you ever create is to your sales page if you sell things instead of, you know, doing a, a, a service. No, like that does not work. Um, you really need content. You can link. I'm not saying you can't sometimes link to your sales page or sometimes link to your online booking or whatever when, it, you know, when relevant. You, you can sometimes. It's just that you're going to want to be creating blog posts, Instagram content, videos, all those kinds of things so that you have something interesting and relevant to link back to from Pinterest or link to on Pinterest. You want people to find your content, think it's interesting, click that pin to go back to your website and read the stuff. Then when they read the stuff, think, wow, this person really understands me and my problems. Then they'll look at your online booking or you know, buy your product, right? That is the workflow you're looking at. You're wanting to attract someone's attention get them to click through to your to your website and read the content 
find the content helpful and then either get to know you over time, like follow your news, you know, follow your newsletter, follow you on social media, whatever, and then book an appointment or book an appointment right away. Or like I said, buy a product if that's what you do. So ultimately what we're saying here is if you want to use Pinterest as your primary quote unquote social media or sort of online marketing tool platform, you need to come up with a content plan. Okay. For blog posts, videos, whatever it is you want to do, then post those on Pinterest. You can't just have, you know, one or two posts and just keep recycling those or like one or two pages on your website. You need to have like content that you're producing, you know, at least somewhat regularly. So that that has to be something that you feel comfortable doing. So let's talk about who probably shouldn't use Pinterest for their business. Even if you use it for personal stuff, even if you're constantly on there planning your wedding, planning your latest haircut, like we talked about, you know, planning meals, whatever, all, all that stuff that people use Pinterest for. If your main target audience is men, Pinterest is probably not for you. We already said that, but I'm just going to say it again. The second thing is if you aren't willing to take the time to make a visually appealing account, you know, you're not that organized person, you're not interested in spending time in Canva and, you know, creating a couple of templates, it's it's quite easy. If you haven't tried Canva, Canva I really suggest you do. It's quite easy to produce nice looking content in Canva. Um, you don't have to be a graphic designer. But if you're not willing to even do that, you're just you're just not interested. It's not for you. Pinterest is probably not for you. That is fine. Um that's totally cool. Something else might be for you, like maybe Facebook. And if you don't want to create blog posts or videos like we just talked about, again, that's probably not for you. Pinterest is not for you because you need content to link back to. And those are the three main things. So let's talk about the big thing probably people are wondering is like how often to post and what to post. Okay, so we're going to get into that you know juicy content right now. So things get lost in Pinterest fairly easily. You have to pin on a daily basis in order for your account to get any attention. So I would recommend starting with just a baseline of three pins a day and see how that takes you. Because remember, you don't have to have like a program like, you know, again, Tailwind, we're going to talk about that in a minute, to get an idea of your Pinterest analytics. You get that for free in your business account within Pinterest, right? You don't have to have a third-party software to, to look at that information. Third-party software can give you additional information, but you know, it's right in Pinterest. So. so yeah, start with three pins a day, see where it takes you, pin your own content you know, on a weekly basis, but you also need to be pinning other people's content. This is probably the thing that people don't realize about running Pinterest as a business account. So make sure you're choosing content from others that your ideal client, your ideal audience, your ideal customer, the people that you're trying to attract to your business would find appealing, would find interesting, that they would want to read. The 80-20 rule tends to work pretty well here. So, you know, pin other people's content 80% of the time, pin your own content 20% of the time. Partly because when you pin other people's content, those other business owners are going to see that and they might follow through and look at your content and repin your content. So that's the first reason. The second reason is that Pinterest is not meant to be a basically uh, an ad board just for you. It's not meant to be a flashing billboard just for your content. It's meant to be sharing of relevant other content as well. So that's why you want to look at something like the 80-20 rule. 80% of the time pin other people's content that is relevant and interesting to your audience. 20% of the time pin your own content. And remember too that you can often pin your own stuff to more than one of your own boards. People tend to forget this. They just pin it once and then go, well, okay, I guess I'm done. Like for example, if you have a board all about the benefits of massage, 
and then another board all about fitness tips and you write a blog post about sports massage, and guess what? That actually fits on both of those boards. So you could pin it to both of those boards. Now, I recommend spacing it out a little bit. Like, don't just pin it within, you know, five minutes of each other. So have a little bit of space between the pins. So, for example, post to one board one day and then a couple days later post to the other board, right? And make sure to have other content from other people in between the two. But yeah, if you're pinning it to different boards, that can get more eyes on the content. It's all about getting more eyes on the content and getting them to click back to your website. Now, how about repinning your own stuff again later on the same board or other boards, right? So we're not talking about pinning a single pin to two boards and then being done with it. We're talking about coming back later and repinning that exact same content to the exact same boards. How do we do that? Can we do that? Should we do that? Well, a few years ago, the answer would have been no. Pinterest, you know, when you tried to repin the same pin um, to a board, even if you hadn't pinned it in a long time, Pinterest used to give you a warning, you know, saying like, what are you doing? You're, didn't you already pin this? You could, you could pin it, like you could still hit pin, but it just, it gave you a warning. Now it doesn't do that because Pinterest knows that people find, uh, because of the, you know, heavy scrolling nature of Pinterest, things tend to scroll off real fast. People know uh, the way to get their pins seen is to repin them, but you don't want to appear spammy. That's the thing. You have to find that happy medium be- between repinning things so people will see them and being spammy. So here's some rules about this. And remember, these are loose rules. Pinterest doesn't have an official policy like you may not repin the same pin more than once every two hours. You know, that that does not exist. They don't have a hard and fast rule about it It because every single account is a little bit different, right? How active they are, how many pins they're pinning per day, how much of their own content they have on there versus other people's content. Because of that, there's no hard and fast exact rule. But here's some general guidelines for you guys, general sort of thing that you can follow. So first, make sure you're repinning directly from your original source, like the, you know, repin from the image on your blog post or from your video or whatever it is. Don't repin the pin that's already on Pinterest. This helps your analytics. You want to make sure you're repinning from the original content. Number two is that you can actually or you can absolutely repin the same image. You don't have to create a new image every time. I've seen some people out there saying, oh, you should create a new image every time or oh, you should create different images to appeal to different people. You can definitely do that. I'm not saying that's wrong. I'm just saying it's a lot of work and you can still get good results just repinning with the same image each time. So don't get stuck on that part. And when you repin, try changing the description, the hashtag so you get a slightly different result. So I'll give you guys an example. This is not directly related to your businesses, but I just thought it was such a great example and it was pre-written, if we're being honest here. And this is from a Tailwind article I was reading. I'll I'll link you this article so you can read it yourself. But imagine you had an article about planning a party. The description could say, try these simple ideas for a carefree summer evening with friends. No stress, just fun. That sounds like a pretty good description, right? Or... For the exact same article, you could have the description say, ideas for summer entertaining, DIY decorations, party games, and easy recipes make this article all you need for the perfect gathering with friends and family. So you see how this is literally the same article we're talking about. It's just a very different, well, it's not even that different. It's just a little bit of a different spin on how you write the description. 
it has different keywords in it. That's the thing you always want to be thinking about when it comes to search engines is the keywords. What are people searching for? So the first one's all about like carefree, summer, low stress. And the second one hits on a bunch of different keywords like uh, entertaining, DIY, decorations, games, easy recipes. So you've got two different types of, um, of keyword lists, if you want to think of it that way, that you're trying to hit on. So when you pin the pin the first time, try one of them. And then when you pin it the second time, try the different one and see what see what happens. Like take a quick look at your analytics and see what people are responding to. And these are this is helpful for the SEO and it's helpful for more people to find your content, which is all obviously what we want. Now, how often should you repin? Well, in general, this depends, right? Like we said it off off the top of this sort of section of discussion. A lot of it depends on how much content you have on your boards and how often you're pinning, you know, in general, like how much of other people's stuff are you pinning? So if you have three blog posts in total and you're just rotating through those, I really don't recommend just repinning those three every day. It looks like spam to Pinterest and frankly, it looks like spam to the people trying to find content like yours, right? It doesn't make your boards look visually appealing. It doesn't make your account look appealing. It just makes you look like a spammer and nobody likes that. Remember, when it comes to the stuff, you always need to be thinking about your audience first. Yes, you know, you do want to be thinking about how to get in the, al- the algorithm, how to get your, co- your content shown to more people who are searching Pinterest, who are searching Google, and, you know, the Pinterest content comes up. Those are not bad things, but ultimately you have to think about how the humans are going to respond to it. Because if somebody clicks through and sees that, like, your content is literally just the same three blog posts spammed every single day, that doesn't look good, Right? So, okay, how do you repin more frequently without looking like a spammer? We obviously don't want that. Well, to be honest, there is not really a defined, you know, way to do it. Like, oh, you can do it every two days or whatever. It's, it really depends on you. So in general, you want to repin in a way that gets your content more views, but it doesn't look like spam. So you don't want to repin it too often, but you don't want to also like wait like a year before you repin it. So if you have something like only three blog posts and you're pinning other people's content all the time, like daily or almost daily, and you're working to create new posts. So every so often another post goes like say every week or every few weeks, another post goes into your rotation. So instead of three posts, you have four and then five and then six. You could potentially repin one of your own posts, say every two weeks, as long as you're repinning other people's content in between. Until you have enough posts that you can rotate through them and have a long time between repins. Let's say you now have 30 pins, like 30 uh, blog posts that you can repin. You could potentially start repinning one of them every, you know, maybe four or five days, something like that. The key is not to repin the same darn post like twice in a row. You want to... You want to make sure that there's a spread of time in between each time you pin it. So say like a month or ish, around a month between repinning the exact same pin. It's not repinning your own content, but the exact same pin about, you know, make sure there's about a month ish in between pins. And the other thing to think about when repinning is if you have seasonal content, you want to repin that when it's seasonally appropriate. You don't just want to randomly repin it, right? So for example, a post about self-care during the holiday season, you could repin that right now. And you could repin it again, like say in a couple of weeks, even though, you know, Christmas will be over, but we'll still be in the stress of the, the New Year's craziness, right? 
And then save that post. Don't repin it until, say, like November of next year when it's seasonally appropriate and people are looking for that kind of content. Or say you had a post about summer fitness ideas. Well, repost that in the late spring or early summer and repost it a few times during the summer. Don't post that now because I don't think people are thinking about summer fitness goals. They're thinking about other types of fitness and health goals. They're just not thinking so much about the summer, right? You guys get the idea, right? So if something is seasonal, repin it when it is seasonally appropriate and then stop pinning it until it's seasonally appropriate again. Now, when do you post? Can you just post at any time of the day? Well, yes, yes, you can. People tend to be most active on Pinterest in the evenings and on weekends. That makes sense, right? Because most people have sort of quote unquote nine to five jobs. They're probably not on Pinterest very much from work, you know, unlike unlike other social media where they're on it. You know, people take breaks at lunch and look through Instagram. People, you know, hop on Facebook when they're supposed to be working on something. And instead they're like reading their, you know, their friends post about their birthday party or whatever. Um, you know, no no shade or anything to people. It's just This is what people do in modern day, right? So they don't tend to hop over to Pinterest too much during the day, during the workday. Maybe they do, but most people don't, right? They're usually on it in evenings and weekends when they're sort of researching about something. So you can pin whenever, but I do recommend trying to figure out when your audience is most active, and that does tend to be evenings and weekends. Now, let's talk about that big topic you're all wondering. What kind of boards do you create and what kind of content do you put on those boards? Well, this depends on you and on your audience. So let me give you a concrete example, and you can use that uh, sort of to fire up your own ideas about what it is that you do and your target audience, your ideal clients, the people that you want to attract into your business, right? So let's pretend you're a massage therapist and also a yoga instructor. You do both. And you primarily work with women under the age of 50. You're also a mom yourself, and you tend to chat about those kind of mom-related topics with your clients. This is, you know, and you talk about pregnancy stuff because you've had kids and they've had kids or they're currently pregnant themselves, you know, whether it's massage or whether, you know, you have like yoga students who are pregnant, that kind of stuff. So here's some ideas on what your boards could be. So for example, you could have a board about the benefits of massage therapy. You could also have a board about massage for pregnancy. You could have a board about yoga poses for busy women. You could have health tips for women on the go. Yoga for busy moms. Health tips for busy moms. And so on and so forth. You get the idea. So what you want to be doing is you want to blend what it is that you do. So whatever your business or businesses, if you have sort of more than one or a blend of businesses, like we talked about in this example, And also what interests you personally have that overlap with the interests of your clients. That helps you figure out what kind of boards to create because then all your content will be things that they're interested in and they'll want to follow your your board. So let's talk about what kind of things to post once you have those boards at bare minimum of 10. Once you have 10 boards decided, okay, so what are you going to put on the boards? Well, as we've said, since Pinterest is primarily a search engine, you need stuff to link back to. I know I've said this multiple times, but I'm just kind of reemphasizing it. And obviously, you need to have a visually appealing image to go with all of those posts, right? 
So here's a brainstorm what kind of blog posts you could write or, you know, videos you could create. Blog posts, I think, are the best just because then you can set them up exactly how you want in terms of the Pinterest image. But, you know, video content is certainly doable as well. You can also pin things from your Instagram account from time to time. And of course, these are ideas. If you don't like an idea, that is completely fine. Just run with it and... Uh, Use it to form ideas that are more appropriate for your business or, you know, the regulations of your health college or like or whatever it is, you know, like, so if I say something, you're like, well, my college doesn't allow that. That's completely fine. Run with a different idea. Just go with the ones that work for you. So here's some ideas. You could post about reducing stress in your life. So it could be like a holiday stress reduction post, could be a summer, summer party planning stress reduction post, could be just in general about reducing stress in your life. You could post about meal prep or healthy meals on the go, you know, if that's appropriate to what it is that you do, you know, or something that you'd want to share with your, your, you know, target audience, the clients that you really want to see. You could do demonstration posts. So some example, a demonstration of stretches they can do at their desk to help with the soreness through a busy day. You could do posts on top tips, top tips for topic, such as Top tips for keeping headaches at bay. Top tips for running form. Top tips for pelvic floor health postpartum, etc. You get the idea. Ideas for health-related gifts for the holidays. There's something else that you can post about. Um, you can link to posts about a promotion, a discount, or a giveaway that you have going on. You can totally do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, you can post about things you didn't know about X. For X, for example, being like things you didn't know about massage therapy, things you didn't know about dental health, things you didn't know about nutrition, whatever. That's definitely a type of post that people tend to click through on. You can also interview other professionals uh, with content your audience would appreciate and write a post about that. It could be anything. Say you're a chiropractor, you know, I think I gave this example last episode. If you're a chiropractor and you've got a friend who's a dietitian and you bring them in and you talk about, you know, uh, nutrition and, and uh, health for postpartum women or health for runners or health for whatever, um, you guys could have like a very interesting conversation. It could be a video or it could be a blog post. It could be both, right? You can reuse your content in multiple formats if that works for you. And yeah, you could pin to that on Pinterest. So that way you're being careful about, you know, what you have the authority to speak on and yet providing awesome content to your audience. So yeah, there's another idea for you. And overall, remember, don't forget, Pinterest is primarily a search engine. So you need to be thinking about that kind of thing. What is my audience going to be searching for on the platform in order to find my account? I want them to be searching for these things and I want them to find my account. What am I going to do, right? And there is a small level engagement like as like commenting or trying quote unquote pins. But for the most part, people are mostly repinning your pins, which is what you want them to do. And ultimately, the most important thing is you want them to click through that pin to your website, read about you, read the article or whatever it is. And eventually, we hope buy your product or book an appointment with you, right? And that is what this is for, is to introduce people to you so that when they need a service like yours or they or someone else needs a service like yours or a product like yours or whatever, they think of you. Or they start following you on other social medias. And again, that gets that you sort of in their circle, in their mind. So then when they need a service like yours or they need a product like the one that you sell, 
they think of you. That's the point here. Now let's talk about ads. There's a lot to talk about with ads. So unlike with Facebook and Instagram, I'm not totally convinced that using Pinterest ads for a physical location service-based business is the best idea. Let me repeat that. If you have a brick and mortar location or you travel to your clients, you have to be in person with your clients. I am not so sure that Pinterest ads are great for you. I think you can do much better just using all the free stuff. So if you're like a massage therapist in Ottawa and you don't have any kind of like online business of any kind, you just, you know, you you see clients in person, probably you don't need to buy Pinterest ads. So because the vast majority of my audience with this podcast are physical service-based businesses, you know, you're a massage therapist, shiatsu therapist, uh, you do... Uh, holistic nutrition and you only see clients in person, you do acupuncture, whatever it is that you do. You you teach yoga classes and you don't teach them via Skype. You teach them only in person, like at a, at a studio. I'm not going to deep dive into Pinterest ads because of that. However, there's some basics I'm going to go over in case you are interested in running the ads. And if you want to learn more, there's a link in the show notes. So promoted pins, that's what Pinterest calls their ads, It's much like boosted Instagram posts. They look and feel like any other Pinterest pin, except they have a little promoted by notation on them. So you can tell that they're an ad, but maybe not at the first glance. And you can promote several types of pins, including like your standard image pin or a carousel pin that lets you flip through multiple images of something and a video pin. Um, There's also others, but they probably aren't really relevant to you guys. Like, for example, there's an app type pin that you can where it links to the app store so you can download the app. That's probably not relevant to you guys unless you're creating apps, in which case that's really cool. You should tell me about that. I'd like to hear about your app if you actually have created an app. Um, To promote a pin, you need to have a Pinterest business account and you have to install the Pinterest tag on your website, which is similar to the Facebook pixel, if you know about that from doing uh, Facebook ads. From there, you set up your Pinterest ad or, you know, promoted pin as they call it. It's much the same with the other as with the other platforms like Facebook and Instagram, where like you're choosing what to promote, what your objective is. Like, do you want to get people more clicks back to your website? Do you want to just more views on a video? Like, what's your goal? What's your what's your advertising goal? Define your target audience when the ad should appear, when it should stop appearing, you know, Um, Do you want it on uh, the search? So when someone searches something or do you want it in the browsing where if someone's just browsing Pinterest and they're not looking for anything in specific, do you want it to appear there? Do you want it to appear in both? Um, And what's your budget for the ad? So same setup as most other places. And one of the things that makes running ads on Pinterest successful is that people are generally there looking for new things. When it comes to, say, Instagram, people are more just like, you know, wanting to kill time or wanting to see how their friends are doing or wanting some inspiration. Whereas on Pin- when they're searching Pinterest, they're literally looking for information on something like how to do a DIY project or, you know, a new haircut or how to get rid of this shoulder pain that they've had for three weeks or whatever. They're, they're interested. They're very specifically interested in a topic. So that's part of the reason why ads on Pinterest can be very successful. 
Because people are already open to trying the thing or finding out more about the thing, right? However, again, is is it as good for you guys in physical locations? Because it can be a little bit hard to target people that are in your exact community that might want to actually give you a call. That's more why I'm like, you can try it, especially if you're in a big city. Like if you're in Toronto, it might be worth trying. If you're in a smaller center, maybe not. You can give it a try. But again, do hop over to happylittlebiz.com in the show notes. And I've got a link there from Hootsuite that's quite comprehensive on how to run Pinterest ads. Um, And speaking of Hootsuite, let's talk about software we can use to help make our lives easier when we're pinning to Pinterest. So there's a number of things you can do in order to schedule pins or search for pins um, that are going to get the most attention and all that kind of good stuff. So... I should probably mention first that Pinterest has a browser button you can install on your laptop or desktop computer. So that way when you're when you're surfing the web and you find a link that would be relevant to your audience or something that would they would be interested in or of course pinning your own content from your own website, you can just click the little button, the Pinterest button and that helps you get the pin on Pinterest onto Pinterest. Um, so again, I'll, I'll link that into the show notes so you can install that on your own web browser. But if you want something more nuanced with like automated scheduling that are send pins out at the sort of the ideal time for your audience or at least like not in the middle of the workday, but in the evening when more people are around on Pinterest, um, there's a bunch of different programs. The best of the bunch by far is one called Tailwind. I already mentioned them. What makes them so great is their tribes feature. But in general, it's good for keeping your pins organized and helping them go out at like the best time for the audience that you're trying to target. You can get an extended free trial to test out their features. And then if you want to keep using it for free, you can. The only problem is once you're uh, done the free trial, you have to manually pin all your pins. They no longer will do the scheduling for you. They'll they'll like slot them in time slots. It's just that the pins are not going to get pinned at the time. You have to go in and manually pin them. Or you can upgrade to a paid account. Um, it's a little bit pricey because it's $10 a month if you pay for a year at a time. And then it's $15 a month if you go month to month. That's in US dollars, by the way, for my Canadian or other foreign, you know, anyone who's not in the US listeners. Let me talk for just a very brief second about what tribes are. So those of you who've used Pinterest before know about the idea of a group board. Well, tribe is kind of like a souped up group board. What it is, is someone creates a tribe for a, uh, a specific topic. So for example, for me, um, online business owners, for example, can be one tribe. And people in the tribe are sharing pins to the tribe that are on topics that are of interest to online business owners. It can be marketing, social media, how to write a great blog post, how to produce great video, um, how to reduce stress uh, when you work for yourself. All those types of topics that have to re- that relate to online business owners, right? You submit your own pins to the tribe and you pin pins from your tribe mates. So not only does it help you find content that would be relevant, because say, say your target audience is also online business owners. This is the thing. It has to be relevant to your target audience, right? So obviously this doesn't work for you guys, this example, but I'm just talking about a personal example for me. So I'm looking at 
content that would be relevant to you guys, but is also in the realm of online business, because I've got both, right? So how to use Pinterest more effectively, how to use YouTube more effectively, how to blog more effectively. All those things are things that you guys might be interested in as well as myself, right? I'm also sharing my content, which is specific to you guys as health as wellness, health and wellness business owners to the tribe. And my tribe mates are repinning my content as well. So this is why tribes is very useful is because it gets your pins repinned, which is what you want, because it then those pins get more attention and more people end up clicking through to your content. So that's what the tribes feature is all about. That's why I think Tailwind really shines. Not only, I mean, it's also really pretty easy to use. Um, so if you want to check that out, there's a link in the show notes. Full disclosure, um, there is a, and it is an affiliate link. Um, I can't remember right now. I think it's I get one free month and you get one free month if you decide to upgrade to the uh, to the paid account to the lowest level of paid account. I'll make sure that in the show notes it does actually specify what the what the kickback that we both get is. Um, but you don't have to use my link if you don't want to. You can just, you know, go to Google Tailwind for Pinterest and, and find it that way. And then you don't have to click my link at all. Um, if you want something completely free that does, um, well, actually, not all of these are completely free. So let's let's just talk about the three other platforms that we've talked about in reference to other social media. So there's Hootsuite and there's Later and there's Buffer, Okay. All three of those can help you with Pinterest. It's not as nuanced as Tailwind, but all three of them are definitely useful. It can help you keep your pins organized and scheduled. Buffer requires a paid account in order to use Pinterest with it. You can't just do it with their free account. But Hootsuite and Later, um, you can use it in a, in a limited way. You don't have to pay for the account. Um, they will. Uh, you can schedule pins to go out at a specific time, unlike with Tailwind, once you've done your free trial. It just doesn't have all the nuances about, like, doesn't have the tribes feature. It doesn't have the ability to, like, figure out when the best time for your audience is. You kind of have to, you know, figure that out on your own. So there's pluses and minuses for using those ones as, as well. So, um, yeah. That brings us to the end of this very long topic. I hope you guys have learned something about using uh, Pinterest for your business. Um, my conclusions here are basically that uh, it's a few things. The first is don't forget that Pinterest is a blend between a search engine and a social media platform. It is primarily a search engine. So it is a way to get way more eyes on your content. I know a lot of you wonder about like, how can I boost SEO? This is one way you can definitely boost SEO. The other thing that I just want to emphasize is that Pinterest can be useful to any of you. However, it is most useful for those of you who have women as your primary target client, as well as those of you who have online businesses. So you do online nutrition consulting, you do yoga, you know, you teach one-on-one uh, -on -one yoga through Skype, or uh, you sell a product online and ship it to people. So it is most useful for those people. I'm not saying brick and mortar people can't use it. You definitely can. You can definitely get some more eyes on your content that way. It's not something to completely, you know, not look at. But if you if you're also like not really targeting women, you say you're targeting men or say you're targeting kids or say you're targeting like families in general, maybe Pinterest is not for you. You have to kind of think about those things, but 
Yeah. So I do think Pinterest, though, is a great way to boost the SEO of your content. It's a great way to get more eyes on your website. It's a great way to get more people booking into your schedule or buying your product because that's what we want. But it does take some serious work to get it set up. And, you know, you do need to give attention to Pinterest. You can't just kind of um, pin once a month and expect to see any results. You know, unfortunately, that would be great. But it just doesn't work that way. So it is a little bit time consuming. If you're willing to put in the time, you can see some great results. So yeah, that's the final episode of 2019 for you guys. I I hope this social media series has been helpful for you. I've gotten a bunch of DMs on Instagram from people saying they love the Instagram episode. So I'm glad that was helpful to you. Hope these other episodes have also been helpful to you. Um, I'll see you guys in early 2020. Um, I don't have any specific uh, schedule in terms of when the next episode is going to be coming out. Most likely by the end of January or sometime into early February of 2020. Just need a little bit of time to uh, look at the podcast and decide what we're doing in terms of uh, scheduling. One thing I do want to do is go back to my year in review from last year and kind of see where things ended up and maybe do like a, you know, a health and wellness predictions for 2020 kind of episodes. So we're probably going to do that one. So, you know, stay tuned and look for that, you know, relatively soon, like probably a month or so from now. Um, in the meantime, I also want to remind you guys that I am taking clients for uh, website projects for the new year. I do have some time in my schedule. So if you're a solo practitioner or you work at a small uh, clinic saying you need a website or you need a refresh of your current one because you know it's just not working for you, you're not getting the bookings that you would like to see, um, get in touch with me, um, happylittlebiz.com for all the details on like how I work and, you know, what I do and all that kind of stuff. And otherwise, um, you know, all the best for you guys for the rest of 2019. I am looking forward to 2020. I hope you guys are as well. I wish you all the success in your business and, you know, an amazing, you know, personal life. Enjoy Christmas, enjoy New Year's, enjoy whatever it is you, you celebrate at this time of year, even if it's just, uh, you know, a little bit more me time once the once the busyness of the clients has died down. And uh, yeah, see you guys in 2020. Take care. Hey, well, thank you so much for listening today, everyone. I really appreciate your time and the fact that you decided to join me in listening to this episode. Show notes are now available for podcast episodes and they contain links to helpful resources and other information. So please do head over to happylittlebiz.com and check out the reading link. I've got show notes for individual episodes there, as well as articles on other topics for building a happy health or wellness business. Also, if you'd like to learn more about me, my background in healthcare and wellness, as well as, you know, what I'm doing with this current business, my website is the best place to do that. And I've also got links to my social media over there if you'd like to follow me. I'm on Instagram, Facebook, and Pinterest. And again, my website address is happylittlebiz.com. All the information is there. Now, while I got you, I'd like to mention I truly do appreciate it when people leave me a rating and or depending on what you want to do, review over on iTunes. So if you like this podcast, let me know by doing that. Just look up Life Beyond the Massage Table on iTunes and then click that Ratings and Reviews tab to leave your own rating or review or both. Okay, that's it for this week. I'm sure you have other things to do, so I'll let you get to them. Have a wonderful rest of your day and here's to building a sustainable, small health or wellness business all on your own terms. Talk to you soon.